Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Offside Rule We Get It podcast. And I feel like we should ding a bell or something. In fact, I'm going to turn to Hayley McQueen because it is a post-transfer deadline day special. So, this just in, breaking news. (laughs) Oh, it's so exciting, (laughs) Hayley. That was brilliant. That was a brilliant, Jim. Um, If you hadn't guessed already, Jim White's not here. That's Hayley McQueen. I'm Lindsay Hooper. And the third person in the jigsaw puzzle is... Kate Borsay. Now, it has been billed transfer deadline day, but we're going to reverse that and make it exciting again, aren't we? Uh, Also point out that Kate um, may have dropped a few octaves. (laughs) I do sound like Barry White or something similar. I haven't had any kind of vocal surgery. I've just got a cold. See, I think we could relate topic number one to you because you might be with a cold. I usually am a bit down in the doldrums. Mm. We're down in the deadline day doldrums. That's topic number one, but I'll come on to that in just a moment. Uh, We're also going to talk about players that have stayed put at clubs because we talk about movements and players going in, going out. How about the ones that haven't gone anywhere and has it been a good idea or a bad idea? We're going to look at the UK but also go abroad for that. And in the week that Kelly Smith has announced her retirement from international football, uh, by the way, such a great player. If you've not read Kelly Smith's autobiography, I really suggest you go and read her story. A player who I think was well ahead of her time in terms of talent. And as well as that, there was the joke, wasn't there, on set in Sky Sports News whilst we're talking retirement. Phyllis, and on what happened? Oh, luckily, yeah, we had Thierry Henry in the daytime on Sky Sports News and he was with Jamie Redknapp, so they made a bit of a joke that he was going to sign for QPR. He got him to sign a big bit of paper as well to say, you promised my dad that you will come and play for QPR. So there you have it. If he had, he might have saved Harry's job. Well, the thing is, I think I think it all broke down. I think I think Thierry would have actually gone and played for QPR, but now Harry's not there. He's, he's not going to be able to play for them now, is he? And come out of retirement. What a shame. So those two stories combined have made us think of players coming out of retirement. So have you got some retired players you'd like to gift to a club? Or have you got some really good retirement stories? In my case, I've got a retirement video that I think you should see. Um, Anyway, we will start with topic number one. And I've told you what the title is. We're down in the doldrums on deadline day. Um, Well, who exactly is down in the doldrums? We're starting with Hayley McQueen, as always. You are gifted with the Premier League. Yes, you've had it easy this week. I have. I have. Thank you very much. Well, business itself, actually, during January wasn't too bad, despite Deloitte saying that clubs relatively restrained in January. They said, yep, um, despite this relative restraint, it was still a record season for transfers. It's quite unbelievable to, to read that stat because deadline day itself was quite boring, you'd have to say. But clubs did spend £130 million. It's the exact same amount, pretty much, uh, give or take a couple of pounds, as January 2014. So it actually uh, wasn't too bad at all. What was bad was some of the clubs who didn't do any business at all and needed to. But who were those clubs? And who were the clubs that did really great business? Well, just to um, fill you in, 
on who did what and where and when. Well, Arsenal, as we know, didn't do too badly. They brought in a couple of players and they needed to do that business, as did Aston Villa as well. And Burnley with Michael Keane from Manchester United. Chelsea made sure there was tons of money coming in on the actual deadline day itself with Juan Cuadrado. Uh, Crystal Palace did tons of business, ins and outs. Uh, But Everton, in my opinion, one of those who failed. You could say getting Aaron Lennon from Tottenham on loan is not failing. Um, But I think Arsenal, uh, I think Everton, sorry, just like Liverpool really needed to strengthen when they have that battle there with Liverpool sitting, what, seventh in the league at the moment, Kate? I think you'd have to say that, you know, losing Steven Gerrard and other key players, we've seen how poorly they're performing this season uh, without your Luis Suarez's. Um, Yes, we've got Sturridge back and my goodness back with a bang and Sterling as well but I do think um, Liverpool were one of the sides that we expected to do business uh, but didn't Hull, uh, Damit Ndoye from Lokomotiv Moscow, have no idea who he is but that's who they brought in uh, Tom Ince went out as well on loan, they could have done with keeping hold of him perhaps uh, but Hull Again, another side really struggling at the bottom of the table. These teams that could use the January transfer window so much better and bring players in on loan in particular. I was really surprised by the lack of business from Hull. And I know that the January window isn't necessarily the best time to do business. But when you're in Hull's precarious position, especially after the results that they've been getting recently, you need to start pumping up your squad. I just wonder whether the fact that they've barely done any business at all and they've let Tom Ince go, um, I just wonder whether that's an indication of where Hull are setting their standards for this season. You know, maybe someone there has said, well, what's the point in us trying if we know that we're kind of on a hiding to nothing? Do you not think that, though, that's part of the problem at Hull from the summer? It's still the hangover from the summer, if you like, that Steve Bruce brought in so many different players and he struggled to get them to play the way that he wanted to and maybe a few more different names to add into that a little bit similar to QPR as well uh, and the players that Harry had brought in I don't think they've all quite gelled and that's something they've all got in common towards the bottom of the table and maybe it's a bit of a gamble and a risk to bring in too many players and what you want is some stability at the club Yeah but the stability that they have at the moment just isn't good enough and you think how much money that you get from staying in the Premier League should Mm -hmm. be worth splashing out on a couple of uh, key players particularly in the defence there as well at the moment. Well, they're not scoring goals either, are they? Um, Leicester. It's like the Leicester veterans there with Mark Schwarzer in goal. He played against Man United, didn't he? His debut in the league at 42 years old and Robert Huth as well uh, coming in on loans. I think Leicester did some good business. Uh, Liverpool, my other team, who didn't? They they didn't sign anybody. Nobody. Absolutely nobody. Uh, Manchester City, as we know, captured Bonnie. Uh, Manchester United, all very strange. Victor Valdez, yes, he came in as a free agent slightly earlier on, has played the odd game. Um, Sadiq El Fatouri from Salford City. All the big names coming to Manchester United <laughs> along with Andy Keller as well from, from Bolton on, on a loan deal. That again was very surprising. Newcastle, one of the sides that got rid of a load of players, feel like they don't really need to bring anyone in, so they didn't. They never really do though, do they? No. Not in transfer windows and certainly not in January. Yeah, they, they almost out-Trump Manchester United for getting rid of players, but Van Gaal has definitely had a, had a real clear out there. Well, we know where half their players have gone to. They've gone to Rangers, haven't they? In, in, yeah. in some should-be-completely dodgy, but it is actually legal deal. Yeah. Yeah. Five, yeah, five yeah. players are gone to play. So it's uh, Rangers YI United. Yeah, yeah. So there we have it. Um, QPR, they brought in Maro Zarate from West Ham on loan, of course, and uh, Ryan Manning 
from Galway. So a few kind of unknown names coming in, which is always a little bit funny. No massive big names. We know the Quadrados and Bonnie got his move and what have you. Southampton, yes, they made a few deals, as did um, Stoke as well, uh, bringing in uh, Philip Walshider. Uh, Jermaine Defoe is a good one for Sunderland, I think. I think I'm quite excited about mm. him because he'll be absolutely hell-bent wanting to show that he has still got it. Everyone just wrote him off as a Premier League player or a player of any kind of quality or a player that was ever going to play for England again. But I think perhaps, and even the player himself said, it could in fact um, get his England career back on track. We might see him again, yet again, and uh, playing for the Three Lions. I was going to interject actually on, on the QPR one to say, because that's where I was, as you know, uh, for 16 hours with nothing happening. But do you know what nearly happened was Matt Jarvis from West Ham was the deal that Harry Redknapp thought would go through. This is all before he resigned. Isn't it? Isn't it funny that both West Ham, because this isn't just QPR's issue, this is QPR and West Ham, that they were so far down the line of discussing that they didn't realise that it was against Premier League rules and you couldn't get more than one loan from the same club dur- during one transfer window. So that's why it couldn't happen, because of Zerati. What I want to know is why did they leave it so late? I mean, it's easy to say in hindsight, but come on, if you know you've got problems in your team... Why leave it until deadline day and the evening of deadline day for everything to kind of fall apart? West Ham, I think, missed out on eight transfer targets. If you look at all the people they were chasing, surely someone should have put the wheels in motion earlier in the window so it's not all left to fall down at the last minute. Yeah, I know, quite. Swansea did some good business, speaking on the, you know, they didn't leave it till the very last minute there. We know they got uh, Bonnie to Manchester City, which freed up a lot of money to bring in the likes of Jack Cork and Carl Norton and Nelson Oliveira as well. Tottenham with Deli Alley, one not for now, but for the future. We've already mentioned West Brom and what happened there and Darren Fletcher. I'm quite excited by this, but really sad to see him leave United after 20 years as a Manchester United player. That goes back to 1995 when he started out as a youth player in West Ham. Well, they got the very famous Donnell Henry from <laughs> Apollon Limassol for an undisclosed fee a little bit earlier on. So there you have it. it. Hull for me and Liverpool were the two teams I expected more of. But that was just a little bit of a rundown on those who didn't do too much business and an update on those who did? And Kate, I've tasked you with who would be down in the doldrums elsewhere. We're going to go abroad for this and some other leagues. Yeah, well, I had a quick scooch around um, the leagues and just picked out a couple of clubs, really, who didn't really do anything, despite what they've done in the past. PSG barely did anything at all. Um, we know that Cavani and that Lavezzi were linked to various clubs during the window. And actually, a couple of those players, and I'll mention this in a later topic, but it looks like they may be going in the summer. But they've basically fallen out with uh, the management at PSG. Um, so they're definitely going to go. Laurent Blanc has um, kind of a job on his hands, really, to keep those two un- under control. Um, but apart from that, they tried to bring in Adan Yanazai on, on loan, but we know that, that that didn't happen. And Van Hal made a very shrewd move of naming him and his team at the weekend uh, to sort of say, look, you know, this lad is not for taking. Thanks very much. I don't know. <laughs> Van Hal's from Rotherham now, by the way. He's been, uh, he's been perfecting his English accent uh, in the mills of, of Rotherham. But yes, so PSG did nothing at all. Bayern Munich, the only player that they got rid of was Zerdan Shakiri. He went to Inter Milan. And uh, apart from that, they uh, sent, sent another player out on loan to Augsburg. But apart from that, they didn't have anyone in at all. They've got loads and tons and tons of good players there. And it's nice to see a team not bring in players for the sake of bringing in players. A player who had a quiet 
window through no fault of his own. It's a really sad story, actually. Hatton Ben Arthur, he tried to sign for Nice. So he's uh, 27, getting on in his career, decided it was time to move abroad, having been at Hull and obviously um, parent club is Newcastle. He signed an 18-month deal with Nice, the French club, um, after Newcastle terminated his contract. But it was denied clearance because although you can sign for three clubs during a season, you can only play for two. So his Nice contract has just been torn up and is in complete tatters, basically, because of this, what I think is a quite silly ruling. The only time he played for Newcastle was an under-21s game, um, and he was allowed to be the overage player. But FIFA ruled that that did class as playing for Newcastle, and so therefore... Him trying to further his career, trying to trying to get on with his future, is has completely stalled. So the poor lad's got nowhere to go, basically. It's such a sad story because the latest, as we record this podcast, I actually was reading up about this today, um, spookily that you picked that one out, Kate, is that he may actually choose to retire. Well, he's only 27. I mean, this this is a player that's got a lot of talent, a lot of years ahead. Um, he's obviously feeling very down about it. And maybe that's his gut reaction is to say, well, I might just quit. I wonder whether there's any chance of him being able to be an emergency loan because in the league, you are allowed to play for more than two clubs if you're classed as an emergency loan but without a parent club I'm not sure that that's possible the only other um, option for him is he could play in the MLS because their season starts in March um, it's not um, typically classed within our season so he could go and play for the MLS but yeah as you say Linz I hope he gets it sorted well I'm going to look at the lower leagues in English football and my first attention is drawn to a story in League One. I thought this was quite an unusual case on transfer deadline day. And by the way, how many people turned to Twitter? Like Tony Fernandez, the QPR owner, he released a statement on there. Well, this is another example. And this time it's from Peterborough in League One. Now, if you need reminding of where Peterborough are, if you're not a posh fan, they're 10th in League One and quite well poised if they'd have bought a few players in to potentially expand their side and go for a playoffs push. So you think, actually, to get into the championship, worth a lot for this club. Um, the chairman, um, Darren McCantony, has actually accused, and he's not naming the side, but another championship side, of failing to make scheduled transfer payments worth millions of pounds for Peterborough. And that's what he's blaming for a lack of activity, because no, no signings were made all window. This is what he said on Twitter. I don't like having to share this on Twitter, but our fans deserve to know why it's been a quiet day. And I have now given other chairman fair warning that I won't be messed around and that all within the game will know should he not pay up. Sad thing is that he can afford to. It's believed to be he's pointing towards Nottingham Forest. We know that's been quite a torrid time uh, in, in Nottingham at the moment for that club. So potentially it's to do with all of that and money worries. Uh, but yeah, Peterborough, I thought that was an interesting story. No business done and perhaps it could affect their chances of getting promoted. Um, another team that's done no business, and I'm going through the English leagues, I'm going to the Women's Super League. Um, as we know, Sunderland are the team that are going to be in WSL 1, promoted from WSL 2 last season. Now, you'd think to get into the top flight for the first time, they, they would make a few signings, wouldn't you? Uh, to compete with the likes of Chelsea ladies who've got a lot of money, Arsenal ladies who've brought in Leanne Sanderson. Um, there's many moves that have been going on. Liverpool ladies bringing in a, a World Cup player. Um, Sunderland ladies haven't bought in anybody. They're keeping faith with the team that got promoted. Hopefully that will prove good for them. But there's a part of me that's thinking maybe you should have brought in a couple of players. 
Breaking news, everyone. Stand by your beds. This is Jim White. You can download the Offside Rule podcast this very day. On to topic two now, and we're sticking with transfer deadline day, but we're we're actually, the sticking is the good word because we're, we're going with players that have stayed put. They've not gone anywhere, and has it been a good thing or a bad thing? I've got an example of one either way. Uh, let's see what you ladies have too. And I'm going to start with Kate Borsay this time because talking of transfer deadline day, articles, summing up, all that sort of thing, I know that you want to give a plug to our relaunched website. You can tell us more about this. Yeah, head over to offsiderulepodcast.com. We've relaunched our website. It happened on Tuesday. And um, we've got some fantastic new bloggers working for us and some great new features. Uh, five Things We Learned is something that we run, uh, that we're going to be running every Monday. Five Things We Learned from the weekend. The Ref Review. Now, this is very popular already. It's been highly commented on. But one of our editors is, uh, is writing a Ref Review. So if you want to have a Ref rant pop over to the website and have your say every Monday. Um, We've got loads, as I said, of great bloggers um, and uh, three or four new pieces of content coming up a day. So do check it out. There's some really good quality stuff there. And it's all written by real football fans, okay? Not people who sit in press boxes, not people who... Nothing wrong with them. I know there's nothing wrong with them, but these are... these are (laughs) (laughs) These are real people who sit in the stands and... And they blog of their own free will and in their own free time as well, which says to me that they're real football fans. They desperately want their opinion heard and they want to get their opinions out there. And that's why they're blogging for us. So fantastic stuff going on the website. Do check it out. There you have it. OffsideRulePodcast.com. Kate Borsay, I'm coming back to you then for your answers. I will remind everyone we're talking players staying put after that little digression. Morgan Schneidlin, he's decided to stay put at Southampton for now. In fact, this is a common theme amongst my answers. Rumours have it that there is a deal with Arsenal that will kick in in the summer. I don't know how true this is or not, but for now, certainly contrary to popular belief, he was one of the players who we thought was going to move. He's not. He's staying put at Southampton. I don't blame him. What a fantastic season they're having as well. Um, it's a French newspaper, Le Keep, many of you may have heard of it, and The Secret Football as well. Both have said in the last few days that the deal is done with Arsenal. It's just not going to happen just yet. Ezekiel Lovetsy, I've already mentioned him, PSG player, fallen out of favour with Laurent Blanc. Now, according to a couple of websites, uh, the deal has been done to send him to Inter. He's going to go to Inter um, and uh, PSG going to try and recoup some of the millions, tens of millions of pounds that they paid for him. As a Liverpool fan, I'm a little bit gutted. I think we could have done with Lovetz's experience. I'm a little bit gnarled, actually, despite knowing that our defence is poor the whole season. You mentioned this as well, Hayley. You know, we are still, we still haven't signed any more defenders. That really concerns me as a Liverpool fan. Yeah, I think Lovetz would have been great at Liverpool. It's probably the wages. They are probably the uh, stumbling block. But yeah, staying put at PSG for now, possibly going to Inter. Well, I've got a world-class top defender who is staying put somewhere and it's someone that three seasons ago I mentioned we've all mentioned lots of players on ones to watch um Rafael Varane uh, for Real Madrid um Mourinho has had his eye on him for quite some time and when he reconfigures his defense in the summer um he will be trying to get him to come to Stamford Bridge. He's been one of those standout players who's kind of emerged out of nothing. A player that Manchester United could probably do with him. When he was trending on Twitter on deadline day, I really half thought, ooh, Manchester United could be in for him here. But I think if Varane is going to sign for anybody, I just think Mourinho has got that magic touch and is the man who's able to bring someone to the Premier League. If you're going to tempt a player away from Spain, 
over someone like Louis van Gaal if Manchester United don't qualify for the Champions League. But even if they do, why would you leave Real Madrid now to come to Manchester United? So do you think it's a good thing he stay put? I think it's definitely a good thing he stay put at the moment from purely selfish point of view that if he becomes available in the summer, a few clubs could fight it out for him and might not just be Chelsea. Uh, my uh, one that's worked out terribly is uh, Emmanuel Adebayor. What a shame. What an absolute shame. Obviously not able to sign for uh, West Ham. Um, David Gold was tweeting. um, Another tweeter. Another tweeter in the night saying, don't go to bed. And then uh, not so long after that, an hour and 20 minutes. Sorry for keeping you up late, late, but at the last moment, the main deal collapsed. The rest folded like a pack of cards. Stay strong. And then he said he'd like to thank David Sullivan and Sam at West Ham for their efforts to secure new players during this window. And I think this is having a bit of a pop uh, at Levy, uh, yeah. saying, however, no matter how hard you tried, there are people out there you just can't do business with. Now, there's only six points separating both of the sides in the leagues. They're very close. They're rivals. You can understand why you don't want to sell one of your biggest players to a rival club. But I think the real loser in this one is not West Ham. It's it's Emmanuel Adebayor. What a shame that a player of his class at 30 years old is on the bench every week. Well, nicely tied in because if Daniel Levy is a, a chairman not to do business with, I would counteract that by saying he is the ultimate businessman. Yeah. I think he's done great business this window and my staying put and it being a good thing, certainly for Spurs, is Harry Kane being tied down to a five and a oh. half year contract. Five and a half years and Levy's managed to tie him down for £40,000 a week. Now, maybe down the line he will sell like he did with Gareth Bale and Harry Kane will go somewhere else. But the reason why I think it's great that Kane signed and that he's stays put is that away from the the top four or the traditional top four as we've seen them what are the clubs who are as big as Spurs would Harry Kane have the chance to play week in week out for he's managed in one season to go from being on the brink from coming through from playing Europa League football to regular first team starter and I think over the next five and a half years he could become legend capacity at Spurs if he carries on the way that he is and he could become that loyal player the Steven Gerrard sorts that stay at a club and achieve great things the Thierry Henrys I mean all these players that do show loyalty and become club legends they're the ones that go on post football to have brilliant careers aren't they so I think there's something to be said for doing it but that's my good bit of business for staying put my bad Kate your favourite goalkeeper from the World Cup the Mexican with the lovely gloves Ochoa yeah you remember Um, poor Ochoa I he was so good at the World Cup. Kate Borsay would not stop going on about him on all of our journeys. Loved him. Loved him. Um, Malaga. He's at Malaga. He hasn't left Malaga. He's not been given, do you know, at Malaga, a single minute in La Liga. Oh. A single minute since he signed last summer. He's played in the Cups, but he's not done a single minute in the league. Also, Malaga are now out of the Spanish Cup. So what's he going to do with himself? It's entirely possible, according to a few pundits that I've read their comments, that the only games he could end up playing in the first half of this year could be, for the rest of this year, for the Mexican national team. Not for his club team. So I think that's a player who stayed put, who really shouldn't have done. He should have gone somewhere else. Um, And that would be my sentiment to Ochoa. I think you missed out with the January transfer window. Follow us on Twitter.
at Offside Rule Pod. And like our page on Facebook. Simply type in the Offside Rule We Get In. There's only one of us. Final thing, players coming out of retirement. We mentioned Thierry Henry and the joke on the Sky Sports news set where he was going to sign for QPR. That made you think of retired players that you might want to bring back to your club. Or Kelly Smith, who's retired now uh, from international football um, and, and what a career she had. So let's think about retired players. Have you got any funny stories? Have you got any players that you'd like to bring to a certain club and why? Uh, starting with Hayley. I'm just going to give you a story of someone on this transfer deadline day who I thought was retired and must be coming out out of some sort of retirement somewhere but actually he was just playing for Al Ryan and before that he played for Guangzhou before that in 2012 made his last appearance in England for Blackburn Rovers it's Yakubu I thought he was about 42 he's, he's 32 I remember watching him at Middlesbrough when I thought I was a kid at the time but he has really been a journeyman he started his career very young at Julius Berger then moved on to Gil Vicente played for Maccabi Haifa Hapel Kefar Saba then Portsmouth then Middlesbrough then Everton made his way to Leicester City on loan as I mentioned uh, Blackburn played out in China and he's now finally all the way back around the world again and found himself at Reading but he's still prolific he scored three goals in the eight games he played for Al Rayan he scored 25 goals in the 45 games he played for Guangzhou and of course 18 goals in 33 games at Blackburn so his return is still really strong he is a big strong striker as well uh, Nigerian again I was I was slightly questioning in his his age and maybe I shouldn't have done that it was a bit naughty of me but Do I just think he's telling fibs no I just thought he was always older than me and it's just making me feel really sad that he's three years younger than me shall I tell you something my conspiracy I think he is I think he is yeah. older yeah. I think he's older well he started his career he was a teenager he played for Julius Berger 97 98 so he'll have been 14 15 so actually it kind of works out right because they're they're a boys club and if that's when he played there, then that just goes. He obviously just started out quite young, but he, he just looks a little bit older for <laughs> than his age. Maybe at 25, he looked 35. But actually, he looks he looks pretty fit. Um, everything seems to be going well for him right now. <laughs> You're going to say everything seems to be in working order. <laughs> well, um, I hope that it is all in working order and Reading managed to get something out of it. It's kind of good to see him back. One of these names that we've had in the Premier League for so many years just pops back up. But I thought he was retired. <laughs> Thank goodness for Yakubu as well, because it gives me some faith when there are players that are still playing. I think when I feel old will be the day that there are no current footballers playing that are older than me. That's when I'll feel really past it. So Mark Schwartz, so keep going for a bit longer. <laughs> and all these ones in their mid-30s, John Terry, all those, keep going. This is a really sweet story, actually. Henrik Larsson, at the age of 41, he came out of retirement to play for Swedish fourth division side Hoggeborg. The reason why was because he wanted to play alongside his 15-year-old son, Jordan Larsson. How cute is that? Again, it's like we're telepathic, Kate, because my my story... No, it's not the same, but it's in keeping. Uh, it's the father-son thing. But for this one, I know it's... It, I know the podcast is an audio medium and I am going to direct you towards YouTube, but there's a great video. It's had over one and a half million views of a retiring footballer who decided to get substituted and put his five-year-old son in his place when he retired. So as part of his retirement, he said, come on, son, you take my place for the last 10 minutes. You think really sweet. Have you seen the video? 
He is brilliant. brilliant. He's running circles around all the guys. So you have to watch this. Um, it's on YouTube. We'll try and get this on the on the Twitter account and up on, on the website and different bits and pieces so you can see it. So that's one of my stories. It's more visual, uh, but mark my words, very good. You wouldn't want to put a tackle in on him, though, would you? Poor little five-year-old. Swipe him out, break both his legs. Uh, Jens Lehmann, do you remember when he came out of retirement to help Arsenal out? Um, he uh, retired a couple of years after leaving Arsenal. He went to Stuttgart, so retired about 2010. But he made a shock return to North London in 2011 when, um, if you remember rightly, Arsenal were uh, having a big injury crisis with their goalkeepers. Here's a retirement story for you. So we're talking of a three-time FIFA World Player of the Year who might nowadays be a bit chub-chubby. Who am I talking about? The fat Ronaldo. The fat Ronaldo. Uh, Brazilian legend, of course. But you know what? He wants to come out of retirement I'm thinking, have you looked in the mirror? I don't think... No, no, I really don't think he'd be able to play for 90 minutes. Do you? Have you seen him recently? It's because he actually owns a club, or he part owns a club, and he wants to sign up for them, get into shape, and he said he wants to come out of retirement to play for Fort Lauderdale Strikers. They're in the North American Soccer League. He's 38. I don't want to be too mean about him because obviously he could get back in shape and he was a brilliant, talented player. I'm not for a minute disputing that his touch would be great. But he's not played a single bit of football since he played for Corinthians in 2011. And there's been a few tubs of ice cream since then. Did you know when he played for Real Madrid, they used to have a fridge. They had obviously lots of fridges around drinks and various things in them. And there was this one fridge that had um, ice creams and things in them. The Magnums they were, actually. And... um, so many of these magnums were just disappearing and a lot of the players wouldn't really be eating them, but they would be there. So if anybody wanted one at training, they could have them. They ended up having to put a lock on the fridge because because they found out he was eating all the ice cream. No. Oh. So rather than who ate all the pies, which is English styly in Madrid, it's who ate all the, all the ice creams, eh? Yeah. All, all the magnums, <laughs> product placement. Um, that's it. Have we got any more for any more? Or are we going to sign off here and now? I think we've had enough of deadline day. That's mm. it. Let's just move on and hope all these amazing big name signings that have uh, come through the doors at these huge clubs. That's sarcasm, by the way compete until the end of the season and we see some great stuff. Cuadro, actually, I'm really looking forward to seeing as well. I know it got a bit drab at times, but I hope you enjoyed the January transfer window (laughs) and we will be back for more, for more Offside Rule antics next week. Thank you very much. Bye for now. The Offside Rule We Get It is brought to you by Continental Tyres. Sports Social Podcast Network.